0: Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like
1: a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit TravelLikeABossPodcast.com
0: for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey, everyone. I'm Johnny and
1: welcome to episode 111 of the Travel Like Boss podcast. I'm out here in Taipei, Taiwan with Lubo that I met out in uh, Chiang Mai. What's up, Lubo?
0: Hey, hey everyone.
1: Uh, What's your last name?
0: Uh, Jurik. Okay.
1: Lubo Jurik from? Slovakia. Slovakia. So for those who don't know where Slovakia is, can you do a little brief uh, background on it?
0: Um, Slovakia is in Central Europe or maybe you would call it East Europe. And the neighboring countries are Czech Republic and Poland Ukraine, Hungary, and Austria.
1: So it used to be Czechoslovakia, right? Yep. It's crazy that like Czech Republic is actually still very famous and almost everybody knows Prague or Czech Republic. Yeah. But nobody knows anything about, about what country you from again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. This can be kind of annoying for me actually sometimes because exactly as you said, and many people, especially from Asia, travel in Europe. And they always go to Hungary and they go to Austria and Czech Republic and they always skip Slovakia or they only take a train through and they, they never visit or only they stay for half a day in Bratislava and that's it.
1: Yeah, I took a train through uh, from Prague to wherever the next country was, probably uh, Budapest.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hungary,
1: yeah. And I saw it and it looked beautiful. Like okay. the, I mean, it, I, saw, I think I saw some castles, yeah. lots of forests. So it was a nice looking place, but I, never, I didn't stop.
0: Yeah. Actually, I think that Slovakia is um, the country with the most castles per capita in oh, the yeah. world.
1: Okay, nice. Uh, how, how's the food compared to Czech food? Is it, is it exactly the same?
0: Not exactly the same, but since we were a country for quite a few years, uh, then the food is fairly similar, okay. but definitely not the same. And, and then the main national Czech food and main national Slovakian food is different, definitely.
1: What would the, what would the national foods be?
0: Uh, this is super difficult to explain because the main ingredient is, uh, doesn't exist anywhere only in Slovakia and in the southern part of Poland. So the name is brinza and uh, it's, a part of go- it's a kind of goat cheese. Okay. But since uh, nowhere else they make it, then uh, there's no other way to call it than only goat cheese, which is not exactly the same thing, but mm. still. Okay.
1: And what do you eat it with?
0: Um, so you make kind of like small um, gnocchi or dumplings. Mm maybe you boil it in water and they are made from potatoes and then you put there this brinza, mm. the goat cheese and uh, bacon and some sour cream and uh, chives or green onions. Okay. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah, hey, it's so super delicious. Yeah.
1: I know in Czech Republic, from what I remember, at least the, a lot of the main foods were things like, uh, what was it? was it, was it goulash that was, pop, that was popular there.
0: Yeah. Goulash is originally from Hungary actually, okay. but we do have a lot of goulash as well because, uh, Even, yeah, there is a Hungarian goulash and then many other different kinds, so in Czech Republic there can be some different taste or different Uh, kind if you have a different one as well, yeah.
1: And the beer in Czech Republic is some of the best in the world. Do you also have good beer in Slovakia?
0: Definitely, yeah, we do. I don't drink beer, so I can't really tell you which one is a good one, but there is a lot of good beer in Slovakia as well.
1: Okay, so I think next time I go to Europe, I'm going to make more of an attempt to actually go there. Yeah, definitely, (laughs) you should, yeah. Especially because you said you're going to be there this summer, right? Yeah. So I'm, I might come visit. It might, might be fun.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'll show you around.
1: All right. So uh, we met in Chiang Mai, right? Yep. What What made you move from Chiang Mai to Taiwan?
0: Uh, I didn't move directly. So from Chiang Mai, I actually went to South Korea first, and then Thailand again, and then uh, Malaysia. And then I came here.
1: Okay. Well, so it's pretty cool that we were able to do this. Um, we, you know, both work online. Um, yeah. Actually, can you really briefly talk about what you do online?
0: Um, I have been doing web design and graphic design for almost 10 years now. And um, so that's the, the main part of my business. And then I have a few other projects. And now I'm doing also an online course.
1: Okay. So you're, you're freelancing as a like a web designer?
0: Yeah. I have my own company.
1: Oh, nice. So it, if people want to find you, how do they find you on that?
0: Um, you can find me on, I have my English website as well, which is evolutionstartup.com. Yeah. Or my English blog, lubodurik.com.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'll have links to all this stuff, but it's okay. cool just knowing that you're able to kind of pick up and go, go, go to another country kind of at, on a whim, right? Yeah. Like is there an actual reason why you moved to South, South Korea or to here?
0: The reason why I'm in Asia in general is because I, um, I got, I learned about Asia when I lived in Australia where I went to study for three years and, uh, I made many friends from Japan, from Korea, from Thailand, from many different parts of Asia, and then I fell in love with it. I liked the food, I liked the nature, I liked the different cultures, I liked the girls a lot as well.
1: Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, a lot of a lot of guys, uh, European guys, American guys, really like dating Asian girls. What's to me, because I come from America, I would imagine. I actually haven't met a Slovakian girl, but I would imagine to me they would be so beautiful. You know, they would be like so exotic, so different. Yeah, um, I've dated. Uh, girls from like Czech Republic, and I was like, wow, they're they're super hot. <laughs> okay. What's the what's the difference
0: between you mean Czech Republic and Slovakian girls, whoa, or whoa, no, well, just like, Slova-
1: like Slovakian girl and Asian girl.
0: Many people who visit Slovakia, they say that Slovakian girls are really beautiful, and uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, they definitely can have big uh, chest <laughs> compared okay. to compared to maybe body fat, I guess. Yeah, so they can be pretty slim and can be pretty girly or feminine. Yeah, so quite like, tall as well.
1: Okay, so you don't like tall, beautiful, <laughs> <of your> big <laughs> No, it's not just about.
0: <laughs> not everything is about the looks only, man.
1: Okay, so what is it about Asian girls that you like then?
0: Uh, I don't really know when nowadays when people ask me about like why I like Asian girls so much and not really uh, date Western girls. I don't really know why because I have been dating Asian girls for seven years already. Mm. So I was a totally different person seven years ago. So when I was dating. Girls from Slovakia at that time it was really different but I like Asian girls because I don't know I guess I prefer cute more than sexy I guess I don't know
1: yeah and uh, you know what and this is all like personal preference because yeah definitely like for me I actually hate cute I for some reason it just like it really <laughs> annoys me when a girl acts cute
0: uh, no no I don't like the super cute yeah like trying to be cute that's different yeah but the appearance but actual cute yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you know, so
1: we're, we're recording this, uh, in a hostel in Taipei. It's called, uh, eight elephants and all the girls that work here are like super cute Taiwanese girls. So I can see, you know, a lot of guys, most guys, uh, including yourself being like, these girls are awesome because most yeah. of them are actually pretty smart. Uh, they speak really good English cause they work at a hostel and a lot of them lead tours. Um, and it's not that they're trying to be cute. It's not like they're going out of their way to be cute. I think that's kind of just the, the personality. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, I value things like independence, uh, um, like, you know, a different type of humor, you know, and a different type of, um, you know, I like girls that are really like sporty, athletic, things like that. And I value that. So I don't think, you know, I think it's just different. And I think that's why I'm not uh, attracted to most typical Asian girls. Yeah. uh, is because of, of the qualities I value in a partner, you know?
0: I am, I'm super difficult or super picky in this as well. So, uh, definitely I don't like all Asian girls just because they're Asian. Yeah. And uh, definitely I have my preferences as well. So I like—I really don't like the typical, typical Taiwanese needy girl mm-hmm. which just mm-hmm. wants a boyfriend just so that she has a boyfriend and she has someone taking care of her. Mm-hmm. I really don't like that. So I also prefer when the girl is a little more independent, when she has goals, when she is trying to stay healthy, mm-hmm. when she exercises and doesn't eat just junk food.
1: But at the same time, like a lot of the qualities that guys do like with that, like, let's say the typical Asian girl would be, you know, he, he'd want a girl who, I don't want to say, what, what are some non-negative words for this, but <laughs> you know, like a lot of times guys, you know, they, they want a girl that is like, that is a little bit clingy, you know, that is like, you know, they're in a relationship. They want to do like matching outfits or they want to do uh, Korean style. You know, like, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, or stuff take, like that.
0: Or take care for me in the Japanese style. Yeah.
1: You know, like, yeah. yeah. And I think some people, they like, you know, being in a relationship where they feel wanted, they feel needed, you know? Um, but I mean, aside from that, like this isn't a relationship podcast, I don't really care, (laughs) (laughs) but it's cool knowing that like, like no matter what, um, what we're looking for in the world, yeah, we can just move there and just have it fit our lifestyle. Definitely.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. One of the main reasons why I'm not in Slovakia is just because I'm not interested in dating Slovakian girls. So I'm here because I can do it here.
1: well, Guess I'm going to Slovakia. I'll I'll take everybody. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no problem. (laughs) Um, But no, it's it's. I actually think that if you're single, uh, especially if you're a single guy and you want to like explore the world, why not go somewhere where you are different and girls are like automatically going to be more attracted to you? So I always tell English guys this. I'm like, man, if you're if you're an English guy and you have like the that English posh accent, just go to the US and there's gonna be so many girls wherever you go that are gonna just you know throw themselves at you like literally saying like oh my god you're british and, you know and, and it's you know part of it's a stereotype part of it is people are interesting because they're you know they they have a whole new culture um things that they've seen on tv you know it's just fun it's um what's the, what's the word for it it's like a it's just like the a, new, a new new, experience, you know? The
0: unknown excites you, yeah. yeah. And it's the same in Asia. And here, so many girls told me that they love the uh, British accent. I don't know why, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, like, it's probably from, you know, TV. And you, as like a tall, good-looking white guy, h- here, you really stand out. Yeah. Versus in Slovakia, I'm assuming most, you know, you kind of blend in, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, the girls in Slovakia kind of prefer the dark hair, dark skin, kind of uh, South, maybe South American or South European kind of guys. Because it's different. Yeah, exactly. So I'm the opposite. <laughs> yeah. No, but in Slovakia, we have diff- many different kinds. There are guys who are who have a lighter hair like me or dark hair or black hair mm-hmm. or darker, darker skin. So yeah, and th- the same with girls. But in general, girls in Slovakia prefer definitely the kind of guy, the appearance, which I'm not.
1: Mm. Okay. All right. Well, it's it's fun, you know, to to out here. How um, have you been meeting girls out here is it like on a website or tinder
0: yeah there is a dating website which i've been using for i don't know two years now maybe already in in the countries in asia where i visit okay yeah okay cupid oh yeah Yeah, that's what i use we have that in the u.s as well okay so and uh, tinder a little bit sometimes yeah
1: so if a guy's like a darker spanish-looking guy and he wants to go to slovakia yeah what should what how should he go out and meet girls
0: in slovakia yeah (laughs) don't ask me that man i don't know (laughs) (laughs) you have no idea (laughs) <laughs> I'm from a small town in Slovakia. There is only like 50,000 people live there, so there is not much to do. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, when you want to go out, you just go to a bar. And okay. during the week, it's usually empty, so only like Friday, Saturday night is crowded. All right, and so- then when you go to a bar or a club and you look different, all uh-huh. the girls will be probably around you.
1: There you go. Yeah. but T- Tips straight from the source <laughs> go to Slovakia on a Friday or a Saturday yeah. and look different. And go, to the, and go to the one bar in the country. <laughs> not in the co-
0: <laughs> <laughs> In my hometown, not in the country. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but also beware because many of the girls are super young okay. in, the, in the bars and nightclubs, yeah. Especially in the small towns in the capital of Bratislava mm-hmm. or in some bigger cities, probably they'll be different.
1: So what's the legal drinking age there? 18. Okay. But they can go in before they're 18?
0: Uh, officially, I guess not, but unofficially they do. I okay. Mm. So
1: you guys got a check ID. Yeah, definitely. All right. <laughs> all right. Great, uh, nomad dating tips, <laughs> but let's, let's talk more about actual Taiwan. Cause that, that's actually the point, point <laughs> of this podcast. Uh, I'm actually sure. in town because my cousin just got married. So congratulations to Jacob and Quina. Uh, they're from the, they're both from Taiwan originally, but they met the U S they both lived there, but they came here for the wedding, uh, cause their, their families, uh, all of here. So we actually, they actually had two weddings, uh, last, Weekend was the one in Taipei, where it was uh, Jacob's fa- like dad and his whole family. Actually, I guess and dad and mom both live here. Okay. Um, so the entire family. And then on a few days ago, it was in the south in Kaohsiung. And that was Queen's whole family. And wow. it was so weird going to two different weddings. <laughs> uh, so the one in Taipei was with Jacob's, I guess his side... And his dad was a general in the Taiwan Army, okay. Uh, which was like actually technically it was China's army, uh, but before they they lost to the communists. So all his dad's friends were all generals. Wow. And they were <laughs> all like eighty years old. So you have a of bun- a, a room full of like twenty five generals. Wow. That probably used to like they were so used to like commanding like armies, literally, you know. And now they these old guys, you know, was sitting there, they're drinking, um, this Taiwanese, uh, liquor called Gaoliang. Have you ever had that?
0: I think so. It's the super untasty one, right? Oh, Is it's it? disgusting. Yeah, I it's think
1: It's so. 58% alcohol.
0: I think I had it on the New Year's Eve here. Someone, someone offered me.
1: Uh, it's so bad. <laughs> uh, so you yeah, yeah, I, 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 drank like a bunch of shots with, um, <laughs> there was a older guy who I guess he's not blood-bladed, but he, Said that he um, he escaped China with my grandparents. My dad was like two years old, uh, and they had to take. They basically rode through China on horseback. Wow. To the coast, and then took a boat to Taiwan to escape from the uh, communist army. Wow. And he was part of their like. Um, I almost imagine it being like you know like Oregon Trail, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, So in the U S there's a video game called Oregon trail, but it's basically a bunch of like wagons where like people are trying to get from one side of the U S to the other. So I imagine it's like that, like you have almost kind of like an extended family, you know, you probably have like 20 people, you know, on horseback, uh, just like traveling for like weeks to get to the coast. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. So it was fun, you know, kind of like getting to know everyone, hearing like stories about what my dad was like when he was a kid, um, you know, hanging out with these older people. And then the one in, uh, Kaohsiung, which is the south of Taiwan. That was a completely different, like vibe Because first off, I didn't have any of my family there. It was her, like her side of the family. Okay. And they're all kind of like business people. (laughs) And it was massive. It was like 300 something people that she probably didn't know, you know, any of them. Uh, But it was all like, like relatives and not relatives, like business partners and their relatives. Wow. So it was like this giant fancy business wedding, business wedding almost. And Here's, here's what's really sad, and it really sucks, is I messaged them two months ago when I, they first invited me to the wedding, and I said, please don't serve Shark Fin Soup at your wedding. And, okay. and they both said, don't worry about it, we're not gonna serve it, it's a, it's a cruel, stupid tradition. And then when I got here a few days ago, yeah, they said, uh, don't worry, the, the Taipei wedding, like we've called off the Shark Fin Soup, You know, the, like everyone understood, Yeah. but in Kaohsiung, is it tradition. That they and she said that like she fought with her parents for like months, wow. trying to get it off the menu, and they just would not do it. And they said that they had. And, I, and at first, I was like, I almost didn't believe them because they. Um, I was like, you know, maybe they said it once and then they like didn't fight for it, you know. And yeah. I, I felt bad because I was like, I didn't do everything I can do, you know. I I told them two months ago, which, which I think I encourage everyone if you guys are gonna have, are, are gonna be a guest at someone's wedding as soon as you you know RSVP and you know it's an Asian wedding or it's in Asia, just say to them like, by the way, please don't serve shark fin soup. And for anyone that doesn't know why, um, what they what, the way that they get the shark fin is they basically cut off just the fin and then throw the entire body of the shark back in the water.
0: Yeah, it's disgusting. Huh? It's
1: so bad, you know? And they, this, the shark just slowly drowns for like eight hours, you know? To be honest, I'd be 100% okay with people eating shark soup if they ate the whole shark, yeah, you know, to me, it's just like this cruel, unnecessary thing, you know? Um, and people only do it because they think it's, it's expensive. They think there's health benefits. There, there really isn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, the, this, this
0: is mostly with the Chinese weddings, isn't it? Or is it elsewhere in Asia as well?
1: I, uh, I know it's mainly like Chinese weddings. So in China, Taiwan, Singapore, Malaysia, Okay, but uh, I think it's in other parts of Asia too. I'm, I'm not sure exactly where else, but
0: maybe in Japan. I'm not sure.
1: Uh, I haven't heard of Japan, but I'm not really sure. But I, I know for sure it's a Chinese thing. Yeah. And you know, it, I think like a hundred years ago, it kind of make, it almost made sense. Where you like, wow, if you can get a shark, you know, yeah. like then you must be very powerful. You know, or the shark's so powerful that if you eat part of it. Like it has to have good health benefits
0: because you had to catch it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays you just buy it.
1: Yeah. And if you're going to go like, let's say you're going to go like swim with a knife and kill a shark (laughs) and you want to serve at your wedding, go ahead. You know, I'll applaud you for that. Definitely. Yeah. You know, but if you're just going to buy it on the black market, you just, it's stupid. You know? Uh, so the only way to actually fix it isn't to protest or like, you know, even, um, you know, unfortunately even talk about it or share, you know, the shit's information. Cause most people listen to this in English are not going to be eating sharpened soup anyways. Yeah. The way to actually stop it is through demand reduction. So next time, you know, so the next time there's going to be a, an event where it, people are going to serve it like a wedding, you can just say, Hey, please don't serve it. Yeah. And most of the time they'll be like, okay. <laughs> and instantly it's, you know, it's, if everyone did that, there'd be no, you know, it would just doubt the generation.
0: Yeah. Definitely.
1: Unfortunately, uh, had it's one of those things where even though all the people in our generation know it's stupid, the parents are still so tied to their traditions and they almost feel like if they don't have it, they're going to lose face. Yeah. You know, which is this crazy like concept. Have you ever heard of that before you came to Asia?
0: No, never. I had no idea.
1: And so kind of can you you describe like what that means now? Like saving face?
0: Oh, saving face. Uh, there definitely is a big thing in Thailand. And nowadays, I think uh, I've learned a lot about Japanese culture as well, where they use it a lot. And saving face is basically just the to do something or to not do something, so you look still you you keep your respect in front of the other person. I guess that's what it means, saving saving your face.
1: Do you have something like that in uh, in your culture?
0: No, actually, in Slovakia, we are pretty straightforward and uh, honest, mm-hmm. and also we kind of don't. Volume when uh, the other person is hiding or trying to save their face so this is an issue oftentimes especially in asia but also some some people in australia noticed it like my english teacher at that time he said like yeah eastern europeans are so straightforward or so honest like we tell the teacher like no i, I disagree this is not the way it's supposed to be yeah. but most asian in most asian countries people don't say that because they respect the teacher for example or yeah, because they sense. They don't want to lose the faith. They don't want to argue. And then at the end, find out that maybe they were wrong. And then people will realize that they were wrong.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And but it's, what's crazy is there's like a, a balance, right? Where on one point of view, where like, let's say in American culture, people, um, they want to argue all the time, even though <laughs> they might not be right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and they don't give like the, let's say like the teacher or the older person, they're kind of betting for the doubt. Like maybe they know something, I don't know you know, or like maybe there's a reason, you know, why someone's doing something that I don't actually understand yet, you know, but on the other side, when like we care too much about tradition, just for tradition's sake or for, you know, uh, so in Chinese it's like for parents' sake, you know, I think that's the the translation for it, Mm. is then you end up with these stupid traditions that you kind of just keep passing down, you know? Yeah. Um, So,
0: yeah. Oftentimes I ask the question, why? Why I have to do this, or why are you telling me that, or what is what is the reason behind it? And then you can better um, understand. Yeah. And if if there if it doesn't make sense, then you can just. Uh, but then at yeah. least
1: you at least you like understand why, right? And then you can kind of make the choice for yourself.
0: Yeah. So with the shark fins, for example, the reason why is pretty stupid, I believe.
1: Mm. Yeah. To yeah. be
0: to be killing animals and not even eat them just just kill them basically because from the fins, you don't get anything anyway. And the taste is not good either, right? It's just wasting.
1: Well, the soup itself, so I I didn't, I refused to drink it. Okay. Uh, But the soup itself, from what I remember as a kid and I didn't know any better, it tastes great, but it's not because of the shark fin. It's because they were like cooking it with like chicken broth and like all this other stuff. So I've had imitation shark fin soup and it tastes great. You know, I'm like, oh, this is like a soup that they put like a lot of effort into making, you know? might be some shrimp in there or some chicken or something. Yeah. But
0: if you didn't put the shark there, then you wouldn't even know probably. No, you already have no idea. Yeah. Like
1: if anything, you know, I would do if I was them, I was like, I would say, okay, well in that case, just serve invitation and don't tell anyone. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let people be like, Oh, this is awesome. Like, and here's a crazy thing is people drink it. Okay. So here's, here's the explanation just as devil's advocate, right? Is people drink it or they want to serve it is because people think it has like health benefits. Right.
0: I've heard that actually it helps men, isn't it?
1: Or uh, I don't know specifically about shark fin soup, but I know like a lot of that stuff, like tiger penis, or, like bear gallbladder, or <laughs> um, wow. oh, man, there's this like this animal I don't even know the name of it, but it's it looks it's really cute, it looks almost like a little armadillo. Okay. They use it to make soup as well, and super. Oh, it's almost extinct because of the, and basically what it is is or rhino horn things like this. Yeah. Uh, people you know think it's either potent for like variety or like sexuality yeah uh, or they think there's health benefits and there isn't there's literally zero um but from their point of view what it is is people are people are like in places like china or i guess even here people are like so stressed out there's like no exercise like there's no exercise they're not eating vegetables that much yeah you know so a lot of people feel really unhealthy most of the time there's you know maybe there's pollution or stuff like that and they feel like if they can just use some money to buy this magic potion where they can suddenly be stronger and more, you know, viral and they can like, you know, make more kids, uh, you know, or they can be healthier themselves.
0: Yeah. People anywhere want to believe in the magic bullet, I guess.
1: Yeah. And it's sad because here's the crazy thing is when we talk about it in English, it sounds sounds so, so ridiculous and you're like, why would anyone believe this? It sounds so stupid. Right. But for whatever reason, in the Chinese language, it's very descriptive and there's a lot of words that we don't have in English wow. to describe like this mystical po- potency where when they say in Chinese, it almost just like makes sense. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, okay. I, can, I can see that happening, you know? Okay. Because they don't even call it like, they don't say, oh, this is healthy. They, they would say like words like, um, this will like add back on your missing health. If that makes sense. Okay. So it almost kind of implies that like something in your health is missing and this is like what will like complete it. Yeah. And we don't have a word for that in English. Yeah.
0: Almost like a pill. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, Oh, you're missing this, you know, like it's gonna help magnesium you. or something. Yeah. yeah so yeah. here
0: is a magnesium pill. Yeah. something like, <laughs> uh, okay. and,
1: but and you can only get it from this soup, you know? Yeah. So these are kind of like weird things where hopefully, you know, as the internet grows more popular, people start speaking, you know, multiple languages. We start traveling more, start communicating better. Uh, these ideas kind of spread, uh, these things would die off. And I was, I, what I was most disappointed in is the fact that even though the people getting married didn't want to have it served, yeah, that it's one generation deep because the parents, you know, because the wedding's really for them, you know, and they're often the ones paying for it. It's their friends coming. Uh, so I'm hoping that the next generation is going to be gone, but who knows? It might, maybe it will continue again or maybe by then, like, there, you know, there will literally be no more sharks in the sea. You know, and, and you know, for people that don't care about sharks, you don't have to care about the sharks. <laughs> it, what it is, is if you get rid of all the sharks, you probably, you know, it, it disturbs the ecosystem. So you might not have fish, you might not have coral, you might have, you know, like it, all these things are con- interconnected, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree definitely. And I guess, yeah, it takes like one to two generations from some old culture, culture old habits to disappear, especially the yeah. bad ones. Yeah. So the young people see that, the young people go online, they... They read, they research, they make foreign friends, yeah. and they learn. So yeah, nowadays you can find information about anything online. So, but yeah, the old people, they don't go on Facebook and read all the articles about no, like, why shark fins are bad and they are yeah. damaging the ecosystem. So they don't care, yeah. but the older people do, yeah.
1: And but you know what's fortunate about our generation, but also us, that our lifestyle as a digital nomad is we have the time to actually research these things. You know, we're like, yeah. I think a lot of people, they, they're so busy working all the time, or like stressing over stuff. They literally don't even have the time to even think about these things. So I I feel like the reason why, as digital nomads are so, entuned uh, in these things in general, is because we meet people from every different culture like every day. I mean, we are sitting in Taiwan, hanging out with a guy from Slovakia, with an American, and then next door we have you know people from like from Germany and from Taiwan and from all these other countries. Uh, we're all connected to the internet. We're all working online. You know, we're, we're studying, we're learning. We're you know talking about visiting you know different uh, different countries all the time, eating their different foods, and I think a lot of people they don't have the time or the um, I don't know like, energy probably yeah, as well. to do these things. So, but at the same time, it, like sometimes it just takes like one person delivering the message in the correct medium. So for example, uh, this guy named uh, Yao Ming, the basketball player, yeah, he single-handedly reduced shark fitting by like 50%. Wow. Uh, before that, everyone who talked about it, talked about it in English, number one, and then talked about it in a way where they just, you know, were saying like, it's stupid. Don't do it.
0: Yeah. Because he's from the same culture and he spoke in their language. Yep. And he said, it. and in he's way, super famous yeah, and, and said, popular.
1: He, yeah. And people were like, Oh, well he, if he's talking about it, maybe, maybe it's, it's real. Uh, also he said it in a way where he was like, not, you know, belittling or calling people stupid. He was saying like, Oh, you know, you, you probably don't know this, <laughs> yeah. but the you know, this is why you should not shark fin soup. Yeah. And a lot of people just stopped doing it. Uh, but more importantly, I think what it was is uh, a lot of companies or, and, uh, the government even they didn't want the pushback anymore because the general population knew about it. Mm. So they stopped serving it. And that was, like oh. def- that was like pretty much half.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's, this is the way.
1: A hundred percent. So like for, I'm a big supporter of demand reduction, for any, you know, whether it's saving rhinos or saving whatever it is. So uh, that's why I always donate to places that do that. And even though I feel bad and I, it, and I understand why people want to spread the, the message for other things, like shaming people or, you know, posting pictures of like rhinos with their horns cut off, it doesn't actually do anything. Like maybe in the very, very long run, like maybe you could reach someone who didn't otherwise know and then they go out uh, and, you know, and help with a campaign that does, reduces com- demand through like education. Why not just do that in the first place? You know? Yeah. So, People do
0: these things for profit. So, and then if you don't buy it, then uh, they will stop doing it. Yeah. And the,
1: and the stupid thing is like everyone focuses on like anti poaching uh, or making it harder. But all that does is it drives up the price of the item, making it more valuable. <laughs> yeah. So there's on the more, black market. Yeah. So it's more profitable to, to, to go out and do it. And that's why, you know, I guess in the very short run, it's good to have anti-poaching because then, you know, maybe people just go for a free-for-all, but it's like a Band-Aid, you know, it's like you're putting a bunch of Band-Aids on something. While it's the
0: same like with drugs also. You burn yeah. drugs and then the price is quite high. And if you allow them, then the price drops so much down yeah. because it's easy to get it.
1: Exactly. And, but the real, the real way to fix both problems is through education and getting people to reduce demand. And say, okay, you know, let's let's not focus about you know about the war on drugs. Let's focus about getting people to stop buying drugs.
0: Yeah, giving them an alternative, a yeah. healthier alternative.
1: Yeah, or even just educating them on why they shouldn't be buying drugs, or or giving them a way to stop buying it. Yeah, that's
0: what I mean. Yeah, don't do, <laughs> don't do drugs. Do yoga, for example, or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, something.
1: All right, that's I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, so back to ta- back to Taiwan. Um, you started no- NomadTaiwan.com. Yep. Why? why uh, what What made you decide to invest your time and energy in, into this?
0: Actually, it was your blog post, Johnny, which inspired me. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. That's funny. Okay. Yeah, because I was coming to Taiwan, and um, at the time I told you that I saw your article about Taiwan, and uh, you were talking about Taiwan as a potential good spot, potential hotspot for digital nomads, but it's not yet, and it's difficult to research uh-huh. things for digital nomads in Taiwan about... the uh, where some cool cafes are, where some coworking spaces in Taipei or or other places. So I thought it would be a cool idea actually to, to do that, to make a website which would make it easier for people to come here okay. and um, find the pl- find the things which digital nomads look for when they go to a new country.
1: I like it. Yeah, it's cool that you're doing that because Taiwan I think has a huge potential of being a nomad hotspot there just it isn't the infrastructure yet. There's not enough people. That, and when they come, they don't know how to meet each other. They don't know where to go. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, every time people ask me, like, if Chiang Mai didn't exist or if the visa rules changed, where would you go next? And it's really hard because I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There Vietnam, isn't like, yeah.
0: Vietnam is super popular, but that is difficult with visa as well, isn't it?
1: Uh, so Vietnam sucks to go as a like a, a 30-day tourist because mm. you, you have to like do these ridiculous visa... Uh, online visa things. that have to wait in this line and hire someone to to do this and get a letter of approval and all this, all this ridiculous stuff. If you, even if you want to go just for two weeks, but if you are a long term digital nomad and you want to stay there for months and months, uh, it's actually very easy to stay for long term okay. because they accept bribes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's like we, if you don't mind to bribe someone, yeah, yeah then go there. But it's one of those things <laughs> where, like, yeah, it. That's Vietnam. You know, it's shady. It's like a shady country, man. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't like that. I don't, I hate Personally, I hate that. A lot of people were like, no, it's, it's easier. And it is. I mean, if I wanted to live there, I'd be pretty happy that I can just bribe someone a hundred bucks and say, hey, take care of this visa for me. Uh, but I don't like living in a country where that isn't the option. You
0: know? Yeah, definitely. And we had communism in Slovakia before, so I was, I was still... Uh, Super little, actually, but, so I don't remember, but I remember based on the stories from my parents and from family members and grandparents. And I definitely don't want that, yeah.
1: So I think the reason why Vietnam will not become the Nomad hotspot is, number one, it's a lot more expensive than Thailand. Uh, number two, it's a lot more dangerous. Um, oh. And a lot of people, there's not like the nature and the calmness. It's like a very rushed, busy city, especially Saigon. Uh, I think people have tried to, to do stuff in, like, the, the towns or, like, the beach towns. I've been there. There's nothing there. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but I can see, I mean, there's a lot of people that like Vietnam. So I had a whole episode. You guys can look for it. It's, uh, it's Saigon versus Chiang Mai. So for some people, they love it. And I, I understand why they like it. But for majority of people, they're not going to like it.
0: Yeah. Um, I was thinking of going there as well because I know so many digital nomads are in Saigon. But... When I when I saw just the photos from the traffic there, I don't feel really like going there.
1: Oh man, I hate crossing the street there. Like, yeah. people they say to you, close your eyes and, and walk we'll across the street. <laughs> and at first all, I thought they were joking, but they were actually serious because the way that the traffic works is it'll never actually stop. So you can't just wait, you know, for the for it to for the be lights a, a or gap, for the people. Yeah, you and even with lights it doesn't matter. People just keep going. Yeah. So, what you do is you basically just start walking, but at a, uh, at a, a same Slow pace, yeah. you know, and the car, the cars and motorbikes will drive around you. <laughs> and they said that the way that you get hit is if you change speeds. Mm. So if you try to like dodge a car or a motorbike, uh, you'll get hit because they'll try to go around you. And it sound it's so stupid, but it, it somehow it works. That's their culture. Uh, but I don't want to put myself in that situation. Yeah. Every day, (laughs) every day, it's stressful. You go shopping
0: or something and then yeah, someone can hit you.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you know, the for people that like to live kind of on the edge all the time, they like that excitement. I understand why, like, there's a lot of hustlers there, you know, uh, people wake up early, they work a lot and to a lot of people, they like that hustle and bustle. Uh, that's, that's not me.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, uh, the reason why I think Taiwan potentially would be a really good place. Is the weather is pretty good? It's, it's similar to Chiang Mai, um,
0: in the south, especially.
1: Yeah, is it okay? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like it's you know, it's hot, but it's like it's not like a nice, it's nice, you know. Yeah, but the winter in Taipei
0: actually, it's not super nice, actually. Really, why? Yeah, it's around 10 to 15 degrees Celsius. Oh, well, I guess that cold, wow. yeah, and raining a lot, so it was kind of cold for me here, especially since they don't have uh, heaters at home. So well, you will yeah, probably get a... You get cold. Yeah, get one. But the south is warmer, right? The south definitely, that's a, a different place, yeah.
1: Somebody asked me on Twitter, I think, uh, or Instagram, they said to do like a, a write-up on uh, Kaohsiung, which is the, the south of Taiwan, the next yeah. big city. Uh, I'm not going to write it up because I, w- I didn't really work there. Um, I just worked out of like, Starbucks, so I don't know too much about it. Mm. But I don't think there's a big scene there yet anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but as far as a city, I think it's like the Chiang Mai of... Taiwan
0: yeah definitely Kaohsiung could be the potential digital nomad hotspot yeah and probably because of the weather and also because from Taipei it's a little bit further to the beach mm. and also the beaches in the north are not very nice yeah but in the south Kenting the, the only tropical um, national park is there ne- just uh, I don't know one hour maybe from there by bus I guess
1: yeah I just got, yeah. I just came back from there uh, last night and it's beautiful oh, okay Like I'll, I'll post some photos on this but it's a beautiful uh it's a, it's a beautiful beach town yeah. uh, so Taiwan itself is an island but it, it, it's so big that it feels more like a city but Kenting is the very south of it and it actually looks exactly like Cape Town so in South Africa okay. at, the, uh, at the tip where the oceans meet, meet on both sides when you drive to the south of Taiwan it's the same thing where you have ocean on both sides oh, yeah, yeah and it goes to a tip and there's a lighthouse on the end of it it looks almost exactly the same it's, kind of, it's actually pretty cool like beautiful forests and parks beautiful beach great um The only thing I didn't like about the beach is it's, like, very made for tourists. They have, like, jet skis on there and, like, um, lots of water sports and stuff. So, it's not really a place to kind of just chill and relax. Mm. You know, it's more of, like, a place to go, like, do stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, There's scuba diving down there. Uh, I haven't done it in Taiwan, so I don't know how it is.
0: I know know that there is a a bunch of very small islands in Taiwan or around Taiwan, which still belong to Taiwan. And then you can go there and probably there is... some, some of them can be quite touristy as well, especially okay. in the season, but I know some of them are kind of empty oh, because okay. there is not much, not that much uh, traffic going there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, oftentimes there is only small planes going there and then uh, it's difficult to get even the ticket. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there cannot be many people if only like, I don't know, two times a day there goes yeah. a plane with 30 people on the board. Okay.
1: Yeah, that might be fun. And actually uh, in Kenting, the place that we stayed is called Caesar's Resort. And they had a, like a semi-private beach right opposite it. It's a really small beach where on, you can go down. On the left side, it's actually public, so you can, anyone can go. And on the okay. right side, it's private. And it's beautiful. White sand beach, super clear, clean water, beautiful, like really, really nice. And that, that place was actually calm. They had like lounge chairs where you can tan and you can hang out. Great. So there's place, yeah, there are places where you can go and just chill. Um, I highly recommend this resort if you guys are going down there for vacation. How uh, is it
0: with the internet in the south? Like it was fine the- yeah
1: I mean I was, I was I was working down there and it was, was fine
0: okay you yeah. had the data yeah data plan
1: so I have data plan on my phone uh, and also they had Wi-Fi at the, at the resort cool um, so hey. hey so the cool thing about the uh, <laughs> the da- data plan oh, <laughs> so the cool thing about the data plan is it's only 300 NT which is uh, about $10 US uh, and you can get 4G kind of throughout Taiwan for, for 10 days so we did that and then uh, at the hotel, the Wi-Fi was pretty good. So we just, we just worked from there. Okay.
0: Yeah. I'm paying 500 actually for a month.
1: Yeah. That's super cheap. That's like yeah. 15 bucks. Right. And it's kind of, it's comparable to the, to the, uh, fi Oh, not the Wi-Fi, the 3G or 4G in Thailand. And I to, guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So I get, compared to back home, man, it's, just, it's so much cheaper. It's like people pay like $80 a month back home for internet. I
0: don't remember how much it is in Slovakia.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so, the, so the, here's the thing about uh, Kaohsiung is it's it has a beach. Uh, I th- did you go to the beach in Kaohsiung?
0: No, no, I haven't been there yet actually.
1: Okay, but it's it's probably it, it looks nice, you know, at least from the from the shore, look good, uh, and it's close to Kenting, which is a beautiful beach. Yeah. Um, it's a lot cheaper than Taipei. Yeah. And no. the, the internet is good as well. You know, so I mean, like so for example, the the hotel I stayed at in in Ken- was it in Kaohsiung? Yeah. It was $60 a night and it was like really nice. I I put up photos of it on my Instagram and people were like, wow, like this place is gorgeous. Uh, Versus in Taipei, for $60, you get like a small, tiny room.
0: Yeah. My friend lives in Kaohsiung already for, I guess, second year. Uh He's also from Slovakia, also a digital nomad. Yeah, not really traveling, but living Mm -hmm. there. And he always calls me there and he says that definitely you can live for probably half the price than in Taipei. Yeah.
1: So I think... Kaohsiung uh, would be like the digital nomad hotspot of Taiwan if one actually existed Yeah So if someone wants to like get a bunch of people to start it <laughs> uh, I would recommend that
0: <laughs> Yeah, definitely And then we will join <laughs> Yeah,
1: and then they will come uh, I don't want to be the one to start it It looks like with uh, Nomad Taiwan You're kind of leading the way
0: Yeah, maybe I have to ask my friend to, to suggest a few spots there Like co-working spaces maybe if there yeah. are some Yeah
1: Turn it up a bit. And it's pretty Mm. easy to get to because there's um, the high speed rail, which is like the, what do you call it, like the super fast train.
0: I guess they call it high speed train.
1: Yeah, high speed train, yeah. Yeah. So from Taipei Airport, you can take, well, I guess, yeah, from Taipei, you can take the high speed rail to Kaohsiung in like less than two hours. Uh, And it's a super comfortable train. It just, it like, the infrastructure is good. And it's almost like comparing, imagine if you can go from Bangkok to Chiang Mai on a high speed train in less than two hours. It'd be like
0: that. Yeah. And also, there is an airport, actually, in Kaohsiung. Oh, is there? Yeah, so that. you can okay. fly there. Oh, perfect. All right. Oh, and that's one of the things why Taiwan is super good for digital nomads. Also, there are so many low-cost airlines here, and the price anywhere around Taiwan are super cheap. You can fly to uh, Japan or South Korea or the Philippines mm-hmm. for around 50 euros.
1: Okay, yeah, that's, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, actually, if you want to fly from Chiang Mai to Taiwan or vice versa, you can go to V-Air. And that's like 50 bucks or something like that. Yeah, VR be, is great. Yeah. So yeah, pr- pretty happy with Taiwan. Uh, visas should be easy for most people. Um, I think anywhere except for like South Africa and a couple other places, you get 90 days automatically. And uh, so yeah. have, you, have you had to make some visa runs while you're here?
0: Yeah, I'm here now my third term. So I was okay. here first three months, yeah, then I went to Hong Kong, then three months, then I went to Japan okay. for 4,000 NT return ticket. So that's what, $130? Yeah, maybe something like that. And let yeah. yeah, return. Yeah, return. Yeah, yeah,
1: That's super cheap.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, so always I get three months.
1: Yeah. So I think for me, the reason why I haven't really done more like networking, co-working here is first off, there's not enough people to like have it be easy. I think I'm so spoiled that in Chiang Mai, it, like you can just meet people anywhere. Yeah. Here, I'm sure there are people. I'm super, I, I bet you as soon as I leave Taiwan, I'm going to get like three messages saying like, oh yeah, I'm in Taiwan. Maybe we should have <laughs> met up. And... But by then, it's too late. I'm already gone. Uh, but while I was here, you know, it's like, besides you that I met in Th- Thailand, yeah. like, I haven't met anyone else that co-works. Yeah, actually, you yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I don't know anyone, actually, here either. Yeah.
1: And you've been here how long?
0: Uh, seven months, no. More than seven months. See, yeah, I know crazy. there is a bunch of, yeah, mostly foreigners here are English teachers. Uh-huh. Some of them are professionals. Yeah. Yeah. But I mostly hang out with the locals, so, uh, yeah, if there was some digital nomads then i would probably meet them yeah because we have similar values and uh, yeah i live similar life yeah. but the typical foreigners just living overseas to to teach english or something i'm not really interested in meeting that yeah month, so, i mean weird. yeah uh, i've been
1: hanging with a lot of them at the hostel and they're they're cool they're like fun to hang with but they have the english teacher mentality yeah definitely <laughs> which is very different you know yeah because it's like a normal job you know and like they're stressed because they're always teaching kids uh, yeah. what is cool about taiwan though is most of the foreigners i've met have been actively learning chinese you know, which is it's fun, to kind of like communicate. I don't know. I guess that people, the fact that people are actually like really trying to immerse in the culture, and also that they have a lot of Taiwanese friends, where they like, it's the one of the kind of the shames of of Chiang Mai is the expat community, the digital man community. We don't really hang out with Thai people that much.
0: Yeah, definitely not.
1: You know, and I think some, even though it's sometimes we try, there's, there's like a big divide. But it's not like people are super open to. You know, to hang out, there's a different language, like language barrier, because people get shy or they, they, they just don't want to do it. While yeah. here, it's actually kind of cool to have like a Western friend, like well, they want to teach, you. they want to teach you Chinese, they're, they're happy to let you mm-hmm. practice.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And also, yeah, the English teachers, for example, in um, Korea, they don't really care about studying Korean language. Mm-hmm. Or in Thailand, also, I guess there is many teachers who are there years and they don't speak any Thai. But in here. Not everyone, but definitely more people here study the local language. Yeah,
1: which is very cool. So yeah. I still, th- you know, so it's been a year since I've been in Taiwan. Uh, I think not that much has changed. The funny thing is, the last time I was here, the most outspoken Taiwanese digital nomad was Greg Hung, and after meeting me, he moved to Chiang Mai. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I still think that if a bunch of people moved to Taiwan, especially to Kaohsiung, mm. it would be a great hotspot easy visa runs, you yeah. get 90 days on arrival, fast internet, uh, relatively low cost of living, great food, very friendly people. Um, good, com- you know, good everything except for no community. Yeah. Uh, you know, lots of hiking, lots of nature. It's beautiful. You know?
0: Also here actually here in Taipei, there is, um, at least a few Taiwanese mm-hmm. who yeah. are doing online business. Yeah. So I have met a one guy who he actually, he's American, but he lives here. He has also big Taiwanese background mm-hmm. and he has a website which is in English about uh, writing about Taiwan.
1: Okay, Have you been to any of the co-working spaces?
0: No, no, not really.
1: I wanted to check a couple out last time I went to a few, um, but just, they just no there's no one there. Um, okay. The maker spaces and the maker bars, they're actually pretty popular, um, but it's not it's very different from like a co-working space.
0: Or maker, like, they, they do hand jobs They actually do, like, physically make stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They, they, I don't think they give hand jobs, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they, like, physically make things with their hands, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. Like, uh, 3D printing or, like, modeling, stuff like that. Yeah. So, I think that's a big community here. Uh, co-working community, just, just not, the, even, like, the tourist community, there's, like, that, there's not that many, I, I know it's not high season right now, but, like, there's not that many, to- well, like, Western tourists compared to, like, places like Thailand.
0: Definitely not. Yeah. And if they are here, they only go to a few places in Taipei. So you always see them in the same spots and when you go elsewhere, then there are no tourists. Yeah. Like
1: I think even just walking around, I see like maybe one white person a day,
0: like, but in this area, actually it can be students because many people study here at the universities.
1: Oh yeah. I can see that actually. Mm. Yeah. um, So overall I think it's a great place to live and I think it has potential to be a great, uh, Mai alternative. Like, it pretty, pretty much is one of the few places that actually matches up all the criteria. You know, yeah, also there is a lot
0: of street food here.
1: Great street food. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, I don't like the food at most restaurants in Taiwan, but I love the street food. <laughs> <laughs> I think that most restaurants are overpriced. Definitely,
0: um, especially in Taipei.
1: I think it's the real mm. estate. And the type of food they serve, I think what do they do is they try to make it really fancy. So a lot of people, they want like expensive um, seafood options or like, Yeah. you know, it's almost like people eat it just to eat it, you know, uh, versus to actually enjoy the taste of it.
0: Yeah. People in Taipei, they love to spend money. I believe they work super hard <laughs> and super long hours yeah. and then they want to spend the money. So they go to eat and like, they go to shop yeah. and watch movies, I guess. Yeah. So that. they don't mind paying 500 or something for a meal.
1: Yeah, or like sometimes was way more than that when I mean, you go to yeah. like, like restaurants versus the street food is so cheap and so good. And the night markets are amazing here. So uh, Taiwan night markets are the best in the world. I would say that. Uh, Thailand okay. has great ones, but it's, most of the time it's only like just Saturday or just Sunday. Uh, while here it's pretty much every night. Yeah. Uh, and there's like six of them that happen every night. <laughs>
0: in Taipei, yeah.
1: In tai, Just in Taipei alone. The one in Kaohsiung was great too. I really liked it.
0: I like the one in um, Taichung, which is the third biggest city, okay. I think. I haven't been there yet. Yeah. I, I've heard that it's one of the biggest ones in Taiwan actually. Okay. Yeah. That was super good as well.
1: Yeah. Night markets are amazing. Um, but just not, not yet of a scene. So if the visas change in Thailand and we all have to leave, yeah. If we can actually convince everyone to move to Galshong, that would be a great place. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to (laughs) happen. Honestly, I think everyone's going to move elsewhere. Elsewhere. Mm -hmm. We don't know where yet. Maybe Cambodia, Philippines, Vietnam. Mm. I don't know. Somewhere else. Uh, but this would be, this actually would be the great, the best place.
0: It's super difficult, uh, super easy, sorry. It's super easy here with the visa because um, the Taiwanese government doesn't really care. And uh, many people live here for years and they just every three months fly somewhere for, yeah, 4,000. Or even you can fly to Macau or Hong Kong for like one and a half thousand. So super like cheap, thirty-five bucks. Yeah,
1: yeah, and be cool to visit these places too. To go to Macau, to go yeah, to Japan, definitely. to go to Philippines, to go. And then
0: you come back third time, fourth time, fifth time in a row, and they don't care. They don't care. Maybe they ask you a question like, uh, the first time they didn't ask me anything. The second time they asked me like, how long are you staying this time? And I said like, oh, I'm staying, I don't know, two months, and I'm de- then I'm leaving, and they're like, okay, enjoy. Yeah, they, they don't they're really like super care. Nice about it. Yeah,
1: sounds yeah. good. Like All right, well, I mean, unfortunately, we don't have much more to talk about here. <laughs> I mean, it's like almost kind of like saying like. It's amazing. It's great. Uh, but, but people come, but yeah, there's not really a big reason to come. So that is, uh, the Taiwan update. Where where are you going next? I'm
0: going to the Philippines in June Mm -hmm. for a month and then I'm going back home to Slovakia for my brother's wedding. Okay. And then I'm going back here actually. Really? Yeah. In August
1: that shows that you like it that much. Yeah. All right. Well I, maybe I'll see you in Slovakia.
0: Yeah, hopefully. Yeah.
1: Okay. Very cool. So if anyone wants to reach out to you, how can they find you?
0: Um, you can find my website, uh, yeah, my personal blog, uh, lubojurik.com. That's L-U-B-O-J-U-R-I-K.com. Yeah. Yeah, or on my Facebook. Yeah, the same. You can Google my name.
1: Okay, I'll have a link to everything. Okay, cool. Um, headed back to Chiang Mai tomorrow, so I will see everyone there. Yeah, Thanks good for, luck. Thanks uh, being on the show, Lubo. Thank you. All right, peace out. I'm on my way to the airport in Taipei. Wanted to give a quick thank you to everyone who's taken the time to leave great reviews uh, on the iTunes store for the Child Like a Boss podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you want to help spread the word, you can tell some friends about the show. uh, Have them subscribe. Or if you really want to make a huge impact, log into the iTunes store and leave a review because that bumps up the podcast and ratings and other people can find it. Uh, So big, big shout out to everyone the last uh, few months. Uh, Jedi Juice, Iron Fox, uh, Stefan Marco, and... I in the Lion, uh, as well as Clay Galato. And from this month, uh, in the last couple of weeks, big shout out to uh, Car Audio Chris, uh, Johnny's inspiration, and all I am. I'm really looking forward to the episodes. I started from the beginning, and I'm on episode 16 right now. Keep up the good work. Uh, shout out for Chris as well for shutting down the haters on YouTube. Coupon uh, Queen says, Johnny does a great job of providing all the information you need about being a digital med and optimizing at life. Love his podcast. And last but not least is Hamad. Uh, not only can you tell Johnny's a genuinely great guy, but he's also passionate about the lifestyle down, helping others into it. He really wants to help you whether he gets a penny from it or not. He truly just wants to help you succeed. I love his podcast and the guests and the focus on the how, what, why, and each person's journey to the new rich lifestyle. I can't say enough about how much this podcast has helped me realize the possibilities there are for us. I can't recommend this enough. Download some episodes, listen to them at work or whenever, and be prepared to drop this 9 to 5 routine and decide to live the life we all truly want. (laughs) A nice steak dinner, Johnny. Keep it up. Awesome, everyone. Uh, Thanks so much for leaving the reviews. It helps more than I know. And uh, I'll see you back next week. See ya! Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.